0: Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. The hardest part about being a mom is the kids. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. What are rain boots? My kids have no idea. With
1: Margaret Ables and Amy Wilson. harmers get thrown overboard. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. But it's hard. It's a thing we hate. Hey, everybody. Welcome to
0: What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And this week we are talking about a very important topic. Things we hate. <laughs> <laughs> Things I hate about motherhood. We're due for a venting, aren't we? It's a vent fest over here.
1: It's We're a pressure cooker and we're about to release that valve and just like... Tsh- for
0: 45 minutes. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We were talking on our last episode about, you know, why is this so hard? And it is so hard. And today we're just going to yell at the hard things as loud as we can. That's right. We talked about there being a sort of ritual release of pent up frustrations and consider this. That's right. This is our primal scream episode. You might want to turn your volumes down. people. This is our bang and gong.
1: (laughs) Before we start, I just want to say, if you're ever wondering, like, hey, did what ever do an episode about chores? Did they ever do an episode about you know, teenagers, whatever? You can always go to what dot com. Go to the search bar and you can search our literally hundreds of episodes and find us talking about pretty much anything
0: you would want to talk about, including things we hate. Yes, and if there is something that you don't find and you're like, no, I need you to talk about this, come to our What Fresh Hell podcast group and tell us, because that's how we get a lot of our episodes ideas. Or email us, info at com. Listen, guys, we're very accessible, very accessible. <laughs> we're here for you. But unfortunately, we hate... <laughs> we love mail. Email. We hate reading email, so that's <laughs> going to be a problem. This idea came from our Facebook group. Elizabeth put this post up. Can we play a game called Things I Hate About Motherhood? I'll go first. School photos. You? All right. School photos. I don't
1: bother with these. Like, I decided a long time ago. I do have, like, a frisson of guilt when they're in my inboxes. I'm not going to buy them, and maybe I should buy them. What now, Amy? A frisson. It's just a little tiny amount. A frisson. It's like a. you get a joy chill, I get a guilt for Like I probably should buy the refrigerator magnet, but wait a minute, my refrigerator doesn't have a magnetic surface and I don't want these. And I have on my phone hundreds of better pictures of my kids than what's going
0: to come home. No, I'm clinging to this life raft with my cold dead hands. Like I can't let go. I still get... The thing is, I think a theme of this episode is going to be It's 2021, people. Like, (laughs) why am I getting like a laminate, like a weird, like not recyclable, but like not a Xerox, like a shiny folder with a detachable envelope that I have to lick and glue and send in a check? Like, what are we living in 1942?
1: And cut them with scissors. Right. They're not even detachable. Yeah. But I can't get out. I can't get out. I can't get over the guilt. I think they're useful in a like so bad. They're good kind of way. You know what I mean? As a sort of, you're kidding.
0: My daughters came out absolutely adorable this year. Like, it's the best picture I've seen of her all year. They're adorable. It looks like a school picture in a different way. I feel like someday I'm going to do a craft where I have a frame with all the pictures through the years. I'm not, but I'm still in the upside down with school pictures.
1: There is a school picture of me that I love. It's me in first grade with an absolutely terrible sort of Peter Pan haircut. And I'm coloring a picture of Jesus with some mm. very large crayons, <laughs> like a crayon you'd give to a toddler because so they wouldn't choke on it, like a giant crayon. I'm coloring in ostensibly. I'm pretending to color in, which is what I really hate about school pictures. Like, just take a picture of them doing something. Don't take a picture of them pretending to color in a picture of our Lord and Savior while sort of looking off into the distance and thinking about whatever it is a first grader thinks about with a distant stare. <laughs> it's a, So Bad It's Good, and I'm really
0: glad I have it. Okay, you'll have to put that up on the Facebook page because we need to see it. Yeah, I hope my mom can find it. The other thing is, yes, it's become like a million-dollar industry. There was a funny tweet years ago that said, like, slow your roll, you know, school picture industry, I don't need a giant quilt of my child's face. Like, it's true. Like the things that are on that, you know, sheet of things that they want you to purchase are more and more bizarre every year. All right. I need to take your temperature. And something
1: else I read about school pictures recently, people were getting kind of all up in arms that it's really, really bad for our kids. I guess you can order retouching. What? What? Not to give your kid false eyelashes. <laughs> like if your kid has bad acne, right? Bratz filter. Yeah, yeah. I want brats' eyes. No, that you can specifically like acne. Like we'll airbrush out the acne on your high school sophomores photos before sitting at home. And people are like, That's wrong to teach our kids. And like, I think if my kid was having a pimply week, I think I'd be okay with that. What do you think? I'm fine with it.
0: Not interested. Not brat's eyes, but the acne stuff. I retouch it in my photo. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be doing Bratz eyes, <laughs> but yeah, a little retouch. Believe me, Amy and I are getting our pictures done next week and oh. there'll be some retouch. There'll be a heavy Vaseline in the lens. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I need the Bratz filter, please. <laughs> this was one of the early answers to Elizabeth's question. Again, the question, can we play a game called Things I Hate About Motherhood? Bianca wrote the kids. <laughs> I might not be good at this game. That's what I was I was thinking before, like Elizabeth, like this whole page is things I hate about motherhood, like everything we do. Yeah. I mean, certainly the hardest part about being a mom is the kids. That's definitely the certainly top of mind. That is hilarious. Yes. Connie says, doctor's appointments. Do you agree with this? I outsource all doctor's appointments. The idea of calling a receptionist, getting on the phone and making a doctor's appointment. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. My children will have no well visits. Just yesterday, I had
1: my daughter at a uh, doctor's appointment and on the way out The doctor is pregnant and she said, but I want to see her before I go on maternity leave. So schedule a follow up for, you know, January. And I said, okay, great. I will. I go out to the waiting room and there have to be six people standing in line at the receptionist desk who is never like a fount of like warmth and helpfulness, this receptionist, right? But she's like, my system is down. I'm resetting the system. You all are going to have to wait. She's saying that. And like, I can't do this to myself. I have to go home. And then I go home. They do let you do it online now, schedule it online. But I can't get her an appointment until like May if I do it online.
0: So now I'm going to have to call, which is definitely the ninth circle of hell. Oh, my deepest apologies. I was at the hairdresser yesterday And I usually get my hair done like every three months. And now that I'm a woman of a certain age, I was like, oh, I have to actually go every two months probably because my grays are so bad. And we made my next two appointments and she's always super busy. So she's like, just go ahead and schedule out the rest of your year. And then if we need to adjust the appointments, it's fine. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll do that the next time I see you. And she said, oh, you can just do it at home on your computer. And I was like, no, no, I can't. I'm afraid that's not possible for me. I'm sorry. Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Why would I do that? It's just like open a computer and make hair appointments through the whole year. <laughs> oh, I would do that rather than talk to somebody for sure, though. I mean, rather than talk to someone, but I'm like, the next time I'll go, I'll just make the next appointment while my hair is like being dried. You know, it's fine. I was uh, recently asked to give my
1: availability for a meeting in May of 2022. No, no. Like, you know, respond to this poll. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna vote with my feet on this one and just ignore.
0: I don't know why that is such we have that a lot scheduling stuff for the podcast, like, when are you available this week? And I'm like, I don't know. That's too impossible, that question. As we mentioned on last week's episode, I'm a little overwhelmed, general people. The small things are really getting me down. Mm-hmm. And one of those things, like Marianne, Allison, Mara, Jennifer, Michelle, and Katie feeding the people. It's never ending. It's better now that they're back at school. I hope everybody listening, their kids are like kind of back at school. Sometimes that school lunch thing is a savior. It's such a savior. Yeah. God bless school lunch. I love it. And my kids are like, I don't like it. And I'm like, figure it out. Bye bye. (laughs) I do.
1: (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And it's also cheaper. It's also cheaper than feeding your kids. I mean, my kid can get like a giant piece of pizza and a... I don't know, slushy drink. And it's I suppose it's horrible, whatever. It's better than what I had for lunch when I was in high school.
0: And it's like four ninety nine. Yeah, it's fine. They'll survive it. I'm way past it's horrible and it's not organic. It's like it's fine. It'll get them to the end of the day, mm-hmm. which is my only, only goal. I have accepted, I said on an earlier episode, I am no longer available to learn when it comes to dinners. I'm just getting dinner on the table.
1: You did a few months ago. We were very excited about a plan where you had a freezer full of meat and then you pulled out a meat and then you had a couple of squeezy bottles. That was somebody else. I must have misremembered that. No, no, it
0: was me. It just didn't work out that great. Yeah. The problem is you have to keep buying it. I mean, it's fine, but again, I believe it was after we had that conversation that I was a dieter back in the day. As we know now, we no longer diet. We've learned that our bodies are our bodies and it's all good. And I no longer, you know, Mm. invest mentally. A lot of us have learned that a little bit of the time. That's right. Listen, I no longer invest myself in the lose weight industrial complex. I'm out. You can listen to our episode. Let's not care what we weigh. I'm over it. I'm not doing it anymore. Diets don't work. I hardly approve. Try to, you know, eat what sounds good to you. But back in the day when I was invested in diet culture, my roommate and I still laugh about this. We'd be like, can you believe that this whole shrimp and angel hair pasta dish is only 350 calories? Like we've unlocked the secret. We've figured it out. Like this only, you know, if you just ate this, you'd be thin. Or like high volume, low fat foods. I've unlocked the secret to like never being overweight. And it's like, oh, you're just, it's the passion of the converted. And you're like, there's a secret to making this work. And then eventually you're like, oh, there's no secret. And that's how I now feel about meal planning. Like there is no way to unlock, you know. Oh, I think meal planning works if you do it. It's just hard to want to do it. Meal planning
1: is just like it's sweeping the leaves into a big pile. Yeah. And bagging them up once a week instead of sweeping a little bit every day. And
0: I do basically my thing is if I don't meal plan at all, I do now on the whiteboard write like chicken parm, burgers, you know, uh enchilada, like I try to decide early in the week what we're having every day of the week. But I'm not saying there's no way to make it easier. I'm saying for me I have learned to accept that there's no way to unlock the secret to enjoying cooking.
1: Oh, actually yes. Agreed. Allison says I have a fantasy where my children can survive by my sprinkling a few flakes over them once a day like fish. She's absolutely correct. This is me a couple of handfuls
0: of cereal and I'll see you tomorrow. Like that's why it's so hard. My sister always says like she's the person who wants the Jetsons pill you know like I mean I love food so I do love eating but my sister is definitely somebody who if they could invent the like Jetsons pill food, she would be happier. That's why it's hard for me. Like, I am the least interested in it. And she's single. Like, even just feeding herself, she feels this way. She's like, I wish I could just go to Jetson's pill form.
1: I am the least interested in it and yet somehow the most responsible for producing vast, vast quantities.
0: Another arm that is hated here is picky eaters. Oh, see, that is even worse. That's another turn of the screw when you do the thing, your meal, the plan, and you <laughs> you cook the thing. Melissa says last night dinner was three hours long. One kid got three different dinners to get him to eat. Mm. I know people are gonna like you know side eye Melissa on this one, but listen, I have one kid who is beyond a picky eater, a sensory reactor to foods and stuff. And this morning there is at this point one breakfast he will eat, and we didn't have it in the house this morning. And let me tell you. It was a nightmare. I get it. I know that people want to come at picky eaters and be like, they don't eat when they're hungry. We've done episodes about this. Some kids will not. And it is a nightmare. So what did you do in this situation? There's one breakfast
1: said child will eat, said breakfast is not in the house. Do you send the
0: child to school hungry and then worry about if they're going to have meltdowns or what do you do? I made a backup breakfast that has in the past been acceptable to this <laughs> child, but of late has not been acceptable. If you read the fine print, Breakfast <laughs> is listed, yes. And I said, this is all we've got and I'm going to stand over you and make you eat it, basically. And that's what we did.
1: It wasn't great. I had a uh, come to mama conversation this morning with one of my high schoolers who was not really eating Breakfast, and he is often not hungry for lunch either. And then he comes home from practice, you know, at like six thirty p.m., ready to like you know kill somebody. He's so hungry, rip the
0: walls off, yeah.
1: And then I can't get this kid to eat breakfast. And I, and he said, "I eat too much at night." And I said, "You didn't eat that much dinner last night." No, at night I found out as like twelve thirty one o'clock in the morning, while I am sweetly slumbering. Yeah,
0: passed out. He's eating his way through the every chip in the house, and then he's not hungry for breakfast. <laughs> well, when you're done with that conversation, you can have a talk with my husband who got out of bed last night at like 11 to go have make himself a meal. <laughs> who are these people after having dinner? Amy, we have only begun to scratch the surface of things we hate. We will be back with even more things we hate. Margaret,
1: exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And
0: believe it or not, this will be my 13th Amy Spirit Week is hated. (laughs) Universally hated. My kids are old enough now. Dr. Seuss Week says Dana or Dana. Lindsay says, crazy hair day, dress like your favorite character from a children's book. Yeah,
1: I actually wrote about this in my book that I could never tell when my kids were little and you'd get these assignments. Villain day, it's under the sea day. And I would kill myself trying to figure out an under the sea outfit for the kids. No, that one was ignored. And then the one that I would skip, everybody would come to school in these elaborate things except my kids. I would always pick wrong. I could never tell which ones were horribly important, which
0: ones counted for 75% of your final grade and which ones were optional. And I want to speak briefly to the school. They're trying to make it fun. You know, they're not just trying to make your life a nightmare. Especially right now. Like, let's inject a little levity into this weird time. Mm -hmm. Let's inject a little fun. But And I think otherwise it's like, uh, my new phrase in my grumps that I'm in right now is like, that sounds like a you problem. Like that sounds like a you problem, school. You make it more fun, not me. Well, I mean But I understand they can't make Dr. Seuss costumes for twenty kids. I
1: think that yeah. I'm thinking like how should the schools handle this? Like my kids are old enough now that like wear the school colors or don't. I mean it's not even I put it on the family schedule so that they remember because they'll be mad at me if they didn't know it was dressed down school colors day. But I'm not like laying out the outfits or anything.
0: I will give this a hashtag. It gets better. Like middle schoolers, they can manage this themselves if they need a little help with their wacky hair. But like this happened in preschool and you're basically like you're on, mom. It's wacky hair. What's hard about
1: the middle school kids is that they are too cool for everything until the last second where they decide maybe they're not too cool. Right. Correct. So like Halloween, like it'll be, you know, the night before Halloween or perhaps 6 p.m. on Halloween and your big kid will decide actually they are going trick or treating (laughs) and they need a costume. They need something. And why didn't you get them something? And
0: why, mom, didn't you predict that that would happen? Amy, let's talk about a thing that everyone hates. And certainly the pandemic has not helped. We've talked about this. Why is everyone so loud? Mm. Crystal says she wasn't only child. She has two kids. She has to say what she hates is the volume. Shush. Yep. Sarah says, the weird, loud, annoying sounds being made almost constantly by my kids. I have said, her kids are 13 and 9, and I will say there was a lot of blowback where people were like, oh, no, this doesn't get any better at 9 and 13. No, it doesn't. I think it does get <laughs> a little bit better. You think No, no. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, my kids are so loud. I mean, only sometimes. I suppose it's like what I was saying before about all the leaves being swept into a pile. It's not constant,
0: but when it's loud, it's loud. And that's the thing. It's less constant, but it's louder. My nine year old had a, her first ever sleepover. And these two girls, I mean, my husband and I kept looking at each other like, this can't be real. Like, they're doing a bit, you know? I mean, just both of them. Simultaneously talking at the absolute top of their lungs for eight hours straight. Like. Someone should be listening at some point, right? (laughs) No. It was just like two radios turned to top volume pointing at each other. And they had the time of their lives. I used to live
1: in an apartment building in New York City that was like over 100 years old, really well constructed, right? They don't make them like this anymore. Like brick, wood, I don't know. It was solid. It was a lockbox. You could not hear any street noise or neighbor noise in this apartment. Okay. With one exception. The people downstairs... The girl was having a sleepover party. I believe it was like her 11th birthday party. And I could hear through the floor the sounds of eight girls screaming the lyrics to Defying Gravity from Wicked (laughs) several times in a row around, you know, 12 or one in the morning. It was the only time I heard my neighbors. That breaks the sound
0: barrier. A sleepover. That's That tracks, as the kids say. I have to give a huge shout out to Sarah with an H. She says, yes. When I was young, I did a C semester in high school. We were taught no whistling on deck. It's literally a sailing rule so you don't annoy people and get thrown overboard. My girls are hummers and drive me nuts. I went to back to school night once and the teacher who was otherwise quite friendly and sweet, this was a first grade classroom. She at some point stopped and like kind of glared at us all. And she said in a very serious voice, Some of your children are hummers. Oh, my. You need to work on that with them. They cannot be humming all day. And I was like, that seems like a weird take for a first grade teacher. But now that I've been in captivity with people for 18 months straight, I'm like, yeah, hummers get thrown overboard. I mean, humming is better than out loud, like yelling the dog's inner thoughts, isn't it? Disagree. Disagree. Because it's sort of barely there. Just a constant noisemaker. I lived for a while against my will in a roommate situation, I'm trying to keep it vague, with a <laughs> With a Hummer? A Perma noisemaker. This was in college. Give us an example. Give us a little uh, a soundtrack. Oh, hey. Oh, good morning to me, I guess. Oh, do, 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 ba, ba. oh where's, where's my folder? Do, do. Ha <whistles> Oh, I need a pencil. <laughs> like all day long. Narrated, sang, whistled, and just like there was never silence. That is the closest I've ever come to murdering one of my fellow human beings. Like it was I had to move out. Yeah. It was ungodly. Like and then all night long. And then fell asleep and snored. No joke. <laughs> it was wild. This person was a human noise making machine. It's the same as like singers, you know, uh hummers. People who constantly make noise, it's my kryptonite. I feel like whistling is
1: more of a rare bird. Like I feel like whistling is something every 7-year-old desperately wants to figure out how to do, but then they once they have it in their toolkit, they don't they don't take advantage of it as
0: much. But can't you picture like back in the day there's like a long crossing from like the old country to the new world and like definitely at some point someone gets thrown into the sea for whistling. Like for sure that happens. Test scores, permission slips, back to school paperwork. She goes on and on. She has a list of a good 20 things that she hates. Do you think she has this saved as a shortcut on her phone and she could test with a few keystrokes? <laughs> I hope so. Karen, I just want to give you a shout out. I'm really feeling you this week. This is me. Like, what do you hate? Name it. Name it, people.
1: She names book fairs, which do kind of get me going too, because they sell all this crap that isn't books, right? It's like... We have a book fair the- rule. It can't
0: have a toy on it.
1: Because, yeah. it can't have a toy on it, and it can't be like top 100, oh my gosh, Kardashian facts. Like, they sell, like, the worst books. And I get it. It's like, that's what kids
0: want, I guess. But this book fair stuff is so unliterary. I don't care about that. I think that anything kids want to read is good. Anything. I don't care. But I don't want the, like... They sell like a book that's got a shark toy like embedded in the cover. Those drive me crazy. Cause like my kid's not gonna read. <laughs> he's literally gonna pull right. out that shark toy. It's fourteen dollars for like a ninety cent shark toy and he's gonna throw lose it within two seconds. Yes, I have nothing to add. <laughs> it's quite annoying. It's up b- and twenty three ninety nine. Connie and Sarah hate bedtimes. Sarah says my daughter gets super silly and goofy at bedtime. Again, 13, not a toddler. And I can't enjoy it because I'm so focused on getting everyone the blank to sleep.
1: Yes. Well, this is tipping into overtired. And I learned this recently when I was researching a question of the week episode. So I want to say here that... When kids move from tired to over-tired, I never knew this, it's your body's like, I'm tired, I'm tired, it's time to sleep. Hmm, I'm not going to sleep. I might be in some intense situation, so I'm going to jack the adrenaline because I must clearly be in some horrible situation where I'm going to have to stay up all night and it's an emergency. So here's, you know, 4X the adrenaline to get you through the next eight hours. So if your kid is being super silly and goofy, there may be a little like adrenaline sitch going on that you can roll the bedtime back?
0: I have started a habit that I really hate in the pandemic. At 8.30, I'm like, I'm out, I'm done. But then we have a very open floor plan house. So anywhere I am in the living spaces becomes, mom, where's my phone? Mom, can I find socks for tomorrow? People asking me stuff. So at about 8.30, I go into my bedroom and I lay down in bed because I don't have anywhere to sit in my bedroom. But it's the only room I have with a door. And I feel like I never saw my mother lying down. Like, I feel like my mom was always like up, right? You never saw your mom in bed? No. And in fact, mothers get like, I know my mom at
1: least like, but a lot of moms get like, will you relax? Like, will you sit down already? Like, why are you still up and buzzing about the kitchen? Will you just sit down and relax as if it's like their choice to be the only one not relaxing at the end of the day and still doing stuff.
0: But I feel I don't like that my kids then start coming in at 830 and I'm laying down in bed, but there's nowhere else for me to hide from them. I'm sorry. You're giving them lots of hints. Yeah, I've definitely put up a shingle that says do not disturb. They don't care. You're lying down. Hmm. But I mean, I want to put enough distance between me and them that it's not just like, literally, if I'm in my living room, six people can call to me. Well, there's only five people in my house and I'm one of them. So technically four people can call to me. And a cat. But yeah, I'm not a fan and I do think it's a bad habit that I've developed during the pandemic of like the minute I'm done with, you know, the nighttime like dishes and homework stuff, I jump in bed, but it's, I don't know, it can't be fixed. (laughs) Amy, let's talk about Adriana or Adriana, who says, school email, specifically the last minute, just a reminder, tomorrow is blank, blank day. Be sure your child dresses as a blank, blank, as we've already discussed. She says, Also, it's not a reminder if there was never a first notice.
1: Yes. Here's the problem, I think. And I understand why the schools are doing this, but this drives me cuckoo. As the kids get older, they're like, well, the kids should be responsible. And then they send home a reminder to the parents and the parents are like, what? And the kids have no idea. And this doesn't necessarily get better. They send the emails and the reminders or there are no emails and reminders. If there are any, it's only for the kids because the kids are supposed to be handling this, but like, we are not there yet. We are not there on kids. Just a reminder, it's a really rainy morning. So you can wear your rain boots to school this morning. Like what are rain boots? My kids have no idea. And they're not going to tell me they got that email. You know, it's up to you to think about it.
0: Yeah. I think this is another post pandemic thing for me. Uh, this sounds like a you problem. Like we got out of the habit of doing a lot of this stuff. Here's your reminder that it's super fun night. I'm, fr- I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Leave me out of this people. This morning, my daughter was leaving for school. She walks to school. Actually, and
1: my husband was going to give her a ride this morning because it's an incredibly rainy morning. And, you know, like nor'easter rain. And I said, you know, put on something for rain. It's raining. And she, you know, comes downstairs in the usual sneakers she wears to school every day that are that she's kept like pristine and perfect because she loves these sneakers. And I said, it's raining. And she's like, I know. I don't have anything else to learn. Like she did that. And then my husband was like, okay, so your sneakers might get room. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And he said, okay. He handled it better than I would have in the moment because he's like, okay, just letting you know that if those get wet and muddy and kind of ruined when you walk home today in the rain, that we're not going to buy you another pair. And I know you really like those sneakers. And then- How'd that go? Huff, puff, you know, stamp and stomp. Miraculously, she does have rain boots. Oh, interesting. Probably the ones you bought her. Yeah, exactly. They were in there after all. And I felt like he handled it the right way to not fight with her about it, but just be like, just so you know, those are going to be wet and muddy and then, you know, keep wearing those to school every day.
0: Amy, you lead me to another thing that people absolutely hate and that does not get better. Suzanne says defiance, passive and active from both of my kids, respectively. Nope. We have discussed this, that like... This is the loop I'm currently stuck in in my house, which is like, you will not talk to me that way. Like, I have a zero tolerance policy for being talked to rudely. Yes. And yet I have kids who talk to me rudely 100 times a day. And so I think I am overreactive to it. And especially by like dinner time, by the end of the day, it's like, what is this? Don't. Speak that way at my table like yeah, but then I feel like I'm just stuck in the unbelievable like signal loop that is like what don't what uh, 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 uh." it's like again, this is a radio is just playing towards each other. It's absolutely it's bonkers.
1: It's all the time. It's incessant. I have something for you that kind of works. It's working for me sometimes. Dr. Stacey Haynes, we had her on a couple weeks ago, Listen to her episode. She talks about the sort of plan B approach, which is laid out in her stuff. You can find it in the episode. But in those moments when your kid is like, (laughs) rain boots, you say something like, I notice you're feeling really frustrated about what shoes you're going to wear this morning. What's up? When the kid is doing that, if you "And you always do this, mom. I notice you're really frustrated right now. What's up? And then they pause and then they're like, well, it's because I have so much to do tonight. And they tell you what they're really mad about instead of continuing to come at you. It
0: sometimes really works. Sometimes. I think that's right. And it's definitely better than 1,000% of the time getting into like, you will not, not you know. It's worth a shot. Yeah, it's worth a shot. Yes, it's worth a shot. I mean, listen, a lot of times are they going to be like, nothing's wrong with me, something's wrong with you. You know, like it's hard. But like, yes, if you can come in underneath it, it's better. Oh, it's still a thing I hate, but I accept your advice, <laughs> Amy. Okay, we'll be right back. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used hero bread. It is Start your Hero Bread
1: bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co
0: and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's her oco and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That
1: is L dot M-E, L-U-M-E-N.M-E, lumen.me and use the code fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you Lumen for
0: sponsoring this episode. And now, things we hate, the speed round. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Birthday parties. Including, but not limited to, indoor play spaces, birthday parties we forget to attend, birthday parties that are way too long, and the horrible crime that is goodie bags. The word I long to hear for my whole life that I now hear 45,000 times a day. Mom, 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 mom! Winter clothing. Ugh! How is it already freezing? I don't know. The gloves are still in that box in the attic. You'll have to wear these oven mitts until I can find something else. Pushing the swing at the park. It's 2021 people. Can we put a motor on these things already? My arms are killing me. Sunscreen. Beach days used to involve like swimming, maybe a little volleyball if you're lucky, a cocktail. Now they involve coating angry small people in Elmer's glue every half an hour. This has been Things We Hate, the speed round from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Jessica says she hates sick kids. (laughs) I mean, probably not writ large, Amy, that didn't come out right. Not the kids, the sick. She says, I remember my mom being so kind and loving when I was sick. I am not sure I have that in me when my kids are snotting all over me and they get so crabby that I can't fix it.
1: Uh, Yes, I was in there here very recently, Jessica, with a sick kid who was so cranky and is Mm. biting the hand that feeds them. And it's so hard. And I tried to tell myself that the irritability was a symptom. That this kid was doing their best and that they were irritable because they were
0: that sick. But uh, it was hard. I hate it. This brings out my inner monster. And I will say two things. One, fog of childhood is playing in your favor. Like your mom was very (laughs) while you were sick and (laughs) snotty. Like she was definitely not. I'm picturing that like white nurse's hat. She was not like Florence Nightingale and being like, my darling child, let me tend to you. Yeah. She was very annoyed by you as well sickness drives me crazy. My worst of this is if my husband gets sick, I become a monster. Like I cannot stand him being sick. Why do you think that is? What is that about for you? Because I don't like human (laughs) weakness. It's not for me. We're rowing and my partner's getting a cramp and I'm like, this will not stand. We have to keep rowing, you know? Yeah. I can't carry you. I'm really a monster. Like when I'm sick, my husband is very nice to me and takes good care of me. But when he's sick, I'm like, this on top of everything else?
1: Whenever I'm sick, my husband will often react, oh, oh, but I think I have it too. Like he's very suggestible. I think it's also a reaction to she can't be sick because I can't take it on, right? So he's like, yes, okay, you're sick. But I think now that you mention it, that I also have, my stomach is also starting to bother me. And in fact, we'll definitely get to a point that will be more than
0: yours. He has to top me. And the feeling sick. I have a friend whose husband has a really bad case of that on the way to the hospital to deliver one of their children. Something flew in the window and got in his eye. Poor baby. And like she said, like she was basically laboring and like wailing and like screaming. And all the nurses were like gathered around her husband <laughs> trying to make sure his eye was okay. She was like this is the life I've chosen. (laughs) That sounds semi familiar. Here's one that I could not agree with more. Anna Lynn says, waking up to people who need me. I'm not a morning person, but my kids naturally wake up at 530 way too early. Plus I have to get all the cups, help people use the bathroom, get this stuffy they forgot. And it's torture every single day. All the Cups. I want to just highlight that as something. I'm going to pull that out as a separate thing I hate. All the Cups. This podcast could be called All the Cups. It sums it all up. We do like two and a half loads of cups a day. Yes. In the dishwasher. Yes. Yeah. I find, if you can, my husband and I recently went away for the first time since COVID. We went away for two nights. And like we went away late on Saturday and came back first thing on Monday morning. It was barely a getaway. Not a thing I hate. Yeah. Okay. And neither one of us was feeling particularly well. And still, it was magical. When we lived in Los Angeles, you could get a $49 flight to Las Vegas. And back then, you could get hotel deals that were like a $79 hotel room at night. Neither one of us gambled. We would literally go. We would take the late night Friday night. We would have a delicious meal. And then on Saturday morning, we would sleep as late. They have the good blackout curtains in those Vegas hotel rooms. Yes, they do. Right. We would sleep as late as we could. Then we would wake up, we would get breakfast in bed and we would watch like a three hour movie in our bed. You flew to Las Vegas to do this. <laughs> and then we would take a nap and then we would go out to a nice dinner and then we would sleep 10 hours again. And that was the whole getaway. And people would always laugh. They're like, you're the only people who go to Las Vegas for the sleeping. And I'm like, it's just about, it's the thrill of waking up to no one looking for you and having a dinner where you're not looking at your watch and being like, we have to get home. The babysitter said she can only stay till ten 30.
1: I love a good blackout curtain. And now that you say it, I'm like, I think I'm putting that on my, uh, on my next visit list because I'm sure Las Vegas blackout curtains are without parallel.
0: The best. They're incredible. It's like being back in the womb. I mean, it is so dark. You can't see the hand in front of your face. And then you like open the curtains and it's like, Wah! you're on the surface of Mars. Your kids will eventually sleep later than you. I know it's hard to believe, but they will.
1: And you will have that time in the morning, particularly on weekend mornings, that you can do what you want for a while before you have to deal with that. Amy,
0: Tiffy hates the GD unending mess. And she's not wrong. You
1: realize when you step out for 24 hours and you come back and it looks like a disaster area that, oh, like that nobody else does that constant. Like I never leave a room without taking something with me that doesn't belong in that room to start moving it towards the room where it does belong. And just nobody else thinks that way in my house.
0: This is one of those things that much like the dinner, I mean, it has to be done. But I think the mental energy I sometimes give to there's a system that will make it less painful is another thing I've given up on. The one thing that I have really tried to stick with is less stuff overall. That's the only thing that can save us. Okay, everybody needs one good sweatshirt. Everyone needs one coat, one pair of gloves, you know, one of everything. And we don't need 400 plastic toys. We don't need every... The problem with our us is too much stuff. I'm very curious about
1: this one sweatshirt thing because... One sweatshirt. In my house, sweatshirts are a a
0: single-use item. They're like paper towels. You take them to school and you don't bring them home. (laughs) So I think it's an age thing, but my kids do not wear sweatshirts in the house. They don't wear sweatshirts at school. A sweatshirt is only involved in the times where you are outside and cold. Walking to and walking. And so they need one hanging on a hook by the door. So if you were to be a person like a normal human... Like I have three or four sweatshirts because I wear them in the house. My kids are in a t-shirt always inside. They do not want the bulk of more clothing when they're inside at all. How do you get past the
1: part though, where they take off the sweatshirt, drop it on the floor and never pick
0: it up again or bring it home. And then tomorrow there's no sweatshirt on the hook. I have an answer for you. They take it off the second they walk in the door. There is some magical dividing line at my door where like the sweatshirt comes right off. I love it. I've been trying to get that going with masks. And that's why they only have one, because like, it, it's not on the hook. You've got to go find where you left it. There's only one. Well, yeah, that I should be
1: taking my own advice about the uh, sneakers and the rain boots. Like you can wear your sneakers in the rain, but then you're going to have muddy sneakers. And that's what you wear to school because we have one pair of shoes. Because yeah. that did the pandemic taught me I need one pair of shoes because I've worn one pair of sneakers for 18 months and have
0: 40 other pairs of shoes yeah. <laughs> stuffed in the tops of closets looking at me. Flesh stuff is so, it's the top of the mountain for me. Amy, I've got one that hits close to home. Melanie says she hates middle school drama. Yeah. (laughs) I have two middle schoolers right now and nothing prepares you. And even my elementary school student who has sailed through on like a rainbow of like, it's another good day. I do find this very, for lack of a better word, triggering. I got bullied in school. I did not feel confident And there was the shifting sands thing was really hard for me. I just went through this with one of my kids, fell out with the best friend who's always been the best friend. And the mom and I were kind of texting, Do we know what's going on? And I will say, the other mom let it, like, let's stay out of it. Yeah. If you hear anything that you think can be helped, let me know. But otherwise, and I will say, they worked it out this time. But I have three kids, and I now find that every day at pickup is like, How was your day? And one of them, had a bad something bad happen.
1: Yes. It is a dramatic time. Like it is a huge, like sort of rearranging time. We have a really good episode in on this one. Go to dot Podcast.com and search for the interview I did with Judith Warner. She wrote a really good book called And Then They Stopped Talking to Me about Middle School. But more specifically, it's about our reaction to the middle school drama, like how hard it is for us. As survivors of middle school drama, to guide our kids through it without getting over invested—that's
0: the part that is really hard for me. And I'm just getting into it. I feel like we had smooth sailing for a long time, and just lately, it's been like every day. And then sometimes everybody comes home fine, and then there's tears at night. Something happened. You know, it's just. There's just a lot with three kids who are all roughly middle school age. It's just like every day. It's a thing. Something's happened.
1: And you can't, I mean, learn from my mistakes. You cannot explain to them
0: that it doesn't actually matter in the big picture, right? Or that who cares what they think. I will or- not be learning from your mistake, Amy, but thanks for asking. No, it's so hard to resist being like, this is meaningless. I don't even know anyone from middle school. It's The stakes are so high for them. And to you, it seems so absurd. But it's hard. It's a thing we hate. It's a mess. <laughs> it is a thing we hate. So listen, guys... We could do a 96-hour episode on things we hate. There's a lot to hate about having these children. A lot of our episodes are kind of things we hate. A couple people came in hot with perspective. We're not really doing perspective today. Yes, we get it in the big picture. It's all worth it and it all pays off and we love them. But that's not really what we're here for. We're just here to complain today. That's right. And so thank you for letting us have this pressure cooker valve to vent. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We're ready for dinner. Dinner is served. Dinner is served. And with that, thanks for listening, friends. And if you have a great idea for an episode, come to our Facebook group and uh, we'll maybe do an episode based on your idea. Facebook.com slash groups slash Hellcast. Big shout out to Elizabeth this week for this week's episode. Thanks, Elizabeth. Talk to you
2: next week, everybody.